0: Good upstairs, there we go. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, we are starting this new series tonight. We've been talking about now for uh, about a month or so. And so for the next, uh, th- tonight and the next three weeks, we're going to focus on uh, thinking through, talking about, discussing, what does it mean uh, to be created in God's image? Uh, so tonight we're going to talk about what is the image of God? What, is, what does that really even mean? Um, next week, we're going to uh, talk about how sin affects the, the being made in God's image. Adam and Eve were created in God's image, uh, but then just two short chapters later, they fell into sin. And so did they lose the image of God? Um, and, and so we'll talk about that next week. And then the week after, I'm really looking forward to, we're going to talk about um, how the image of God is redeemed, how the image of God is restored um, through salvation. What does that have to do with being created in God's image? And then the last week, we're going to spend... Um, it'll be the first first Sunday of March. We're going to spend talking about some implications for our for our culture, for our society. We may do um, we may have all all four pastors up here um, on that night, kind of talking through some of those some of those issues, some of those questions. Or um, we haven't decided exactly how we're going to do that yet. But so Josh has passed out to you a handout. I know some of you all like to. Like to take notes? If you do, then that's a that's a tool to to use. Um, if not, then that's fine too. Uh, don't feel like you have to have to follow that if you don't if you don't want to or don't like to or that doesn't help you. Um, and then he also, I think, passed out some index cards, maybe. And uh, oh, you didn't? Okay. So he has index cards. Uh, we'll we'll get those passed out toward toward the end. Um, I hope hope there's some time tonight for questions if you have some. Uh, but then also we have those index cards for you to write questions on as we go through each week, and then the the last week. Um, that fourth week, when we talk about kind of how does this apply to our culture, our society, kind of life today, um, hopefully we'll have a lot of questions written out on those index cards, and we can talk about a lot of those um, on on that night. So but tonight, what is it uh, what is the image of god? what is what does it mean to be created in in God's image? And we began the service tonight reading uh, psalm eight. and and Psalm eight is really interesting to me because um, psalm eight is 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 David looking at at creation, especially looking at the at the heavens and the stars and the moon and 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 the sun, and then he looks at the the beasts of the field and the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, and he sees how big uh, creation is, and yet he still determines that there's something significant about about man about us, about people right we could we could be in a position where uh, but especially, we know more and more and more as we're discovering more and more and more, and seeing more and more and more through uh, powerful telescopes and things. We see how just how big creation is, and and we can see ourselves as just a small little speck on a small little speck out in the out in space, right? Um, and and the Bible says that that's true. That we are a part of creation, and yet it also says that we have some significance as as well. And so that's what we want to talk about. Um, tonight, and so under your, your sheet there. If you want to follow through, uh, follow along. You can, <coughs> um, but but just kind of in, introduction there. Psalm eight. The two things that we see in Psalm eight is that we are we are part of creation, right? We are we are part of creation. We're not independent. We are created um, by God, just like all the rest of of creation, right? In the whole universe, there's kind of two sets of of things. There's the creator. And the creation. And there's only one being in the creator set, and that's God. And everything else, including us, is in the is in the creation set. We're made by Him. We're created by Him. And, and we're gonna see some implications of that as we go. But there's there's some things that that, that means. It means that that our origins again are, are from Him. He created us. We're not dependent or we're not independent, but we're dependent on Him. Um, it also means that that we remain dependent on Him. We have needs that have to be met. And the needs that we have are the same needs that the rest of creation has, at least the rest of the animal part of creation has. We have uh, we have a need for food, we have a need for water, we have a need for shelter, we have a need for um, even for community. There, there are many parts of creation, many animals that that live in societies, live in packs, hunt in packs, that kind of thing. Um, and just like they are created for community, we also are created for um, Community. So there's lots of ways where we're the same as the rest of creation. We are a part of creation. But then secondly, um, man is distinct from the rest of creation. We're different from the rest of creation. We're part of creation, but we're also set, a, set, set aside or set apart from the, the rest of creation. And so just think about those two categories again, origins and needs. We're like the rest of creation because God created us just like everyone else. Our origins come from the same place that the rest of creation uh, origins come from. And, and yet Adam and Eve were created differently than the other parts of creation. right? All the other parts of creation God spoke and it came into being. With, with Adam it says that God used, I mean God doesn't have hands, he's not physical, but, but that's the metaphor, that God was more intimately involved in creating Adam than he was in the rest of creation. He took the, the dirt that was there and he molded it into, into a man. It says that he breathed life into the man, right? And so the very breath of God gives life to, to Adam and, and Eve. There's some scripture references there as well. You can you can look up. We're going we're to talk about some scripture, but not a whole lot tonight just because of time. And so I, I put those here that you can... See those uh, later on for yourself if you have time. but so, so our origins are the same, but they're also different. Our needs are the same, but they're also different. So we need food, water, shelter, community, just like the rest of creation. Um, and, and yet Adam and Eve have responsibilities that the other part of creation doesn't have. Um, and, and that brings other needs along with it as, as well. Um, and in fact, the, if you look at those early chapters in Genesis that we'll turn to here in a few minutes, Genesis 1, Genesis 2... Um, we're told that the rest of creation, um, in not the only purpose of it, but one of the purposes for the rest of creation was to provide the needs for Adam and Eve. right? And so there's a, a distinction. We're part of creation, but there's also a distinction. And so what is this distinction? right? How is it that we're different from the rest of creation? And, uh, and that's one thing the Bible doesn't really say a whole lot about. And so when we start talking about what does it mean to be created in God's image, the Bible clearly says that we are created in God's image. Uh, but when we start talking about what does that mean exactly, um, it gets kind of difficult because it's never really spelled out in detail exactly what that means. And so throughout, um, throughout history, different believers um, have, have tried to think to that question, tried to answer that question, and they've come up with a few different, different answers, a few different views. Okay? And, and there's some problems with, with each of these views, but there's some good things with each of these views also. And, and so first of all is the substantive view. The substantive view. And that means that, that whatever it means to be created in God's image is something to do with our substance, with who we are. okay? And there's different options. Different people say that there's different things about that. Um, Mormons, who we would say are, are, are not Christians, but Mormons would say that part of what it means to be made in God's image is that we are, are physically like him. They believe that God has a body, and they would say that our body is like his body, and so even just the substance of our body is in the image of God. Now We would say that that's problematic, but other people say that our, our reasoning capability, our rationality is, is what it means to be made in God's image. Other people say that our, our freedom or morality is what it means to be made in God's image. But, but all of those would agree it's something about who we are, the substance of who we are. Um, another view would be the relational view. And so not, it's not about who we are, but it's about how we relate. And, and so first of all would be our relationship with God. We relate to God differently than the rest of, of creation does. Um, we're accountable to God in a different way than other animals are. Um, another aspect of that would be our relationship with other people, our ability to relate to the rest of, of creation. We relate to creation differently than the rest of creation relates to creation. right? We relate to the animals differently than the animals relate to us or the animals relate to other animals. And so there's something about the way that we relate to um, other people and, and, and the rest of creation that, that's what it means to be made in God's image. And then others have said there's something specific about being made male and female that is what it means to be made in God's image. God's image is, is found in, in the maleness and femaleness of, of humanity and in especially the, the union of male and female in the, in, in the marriage. And that's, again, different than animals. Animals are created male and female, but they don't marry one another the way that, that humans marry one another. And so they, they, they find the image of God expressed in, in, that, in that act or that institution. And then there's another view, which is um, known as the functional view. So the uh, substantive view is there's something about us, something about our substance that, that's what God's image is. The relational view, there's something about the way we relate to God and other people and the rest of creation is what it means to be made in God's image. The functional view is there's something that we do that is what it means to be made in God's image. God's image is something that, that, we, that we do. And so it might be that we have dominion over creation, right? God is the ruler of all creation, but when he, had, he created Adam and Eve, he, he commanded them to take dominion over creation and, and to rule in his, in, his, in his place in a sense. And, and so maybe it 's that uh, another uh, another function is is communication. God is a speaking God. Jesus is even called the Word of God in John one that we read this morning in our in our service and and we have the Word of God that that, that God has communicated us to us with, right and so God is a speaking God, even creation itself is through the Word through the speaking of God, and so God is a speaking God, and so some people say what it means to be made in god 's image is that we 're people who are able to communicate and able to speak differently than the rest of creation does. And so the image of God is seen in, in, in that act. Um, and, and then another, another uh, function would be creativity. God is a creator God, he created all that is, and we're able to create things right? in, in a different way than, than, than other animals are able to create things. And so there are these different ways, these different places of seeing what it means to be made in God's image, but there's some, there's some issues with, with some of these, there's some problems with some of these. Right, so kind of go back through some of them, if if to say we'll, we'll forget about the physical one because we don't we don't believe that God is physical, um, but think about the the reasoning and rationality capabilities. If that's what it means to be made in God's image, what about people who are who are born or have accidents later in life and and either don't have a reasoning capability or lose that reasoning capability? Does that mean that they're no longer created in God's image? Does that mean that those individuals are not in God's image? If that's what it means to be in God's image, then how, how do we think through that? Um, the same thing about relationships. What about someone who's not married? Are they not part of God's image? Are they not created in God's image? If that's what it means to be created in God's image, um, the functional view. The again, what if someone who's not able to, um, not able to communicate and, and, and things like that? And and that may that may sound kind of outlandish, but but right now there there are people that. Um, there, there's a guy who teaches ethics. His name is Peter Sanger. He teaches ethics at Princeton University, and he's made an argument over the last. I mean, this is nothing new. For, he's been saying this for 10, 15 years. He's been saying that some uh, that some pigs have more um, significance and more worth than some humans, because there's some humans that who individually don't have the ability to do certain things, and there's some pigs that do have the ability to do certain things, and so he says that they're, they're worth more, right? And, and that's a problem if we, if we say that, that people are made in God's image, but we say to be made in God's image means this very specific thing or this very specific thing or that very specific thing, then if there's someone who, who that doesn't fit, that, that's a problem, right? So then how should we think about what it is uh, to be made in God's image? Well, let's look at Genesis chapter 1. Let's actually read the passage that talks about creation of of man and woman, Adam and Eve. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, they will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. It's interesting that those are the three categories that are mentioned in Psalm 8 also, right? The the beasts of the earth, the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky. Verse 29, God also said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant on the surface of the entire earth, and every tree whose fruit contains seed, this food will be for you, for all the wildlife of the earth, for every bird of the sky, for every creature that crawls on the earth, everything having the breath of life in it. I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. God God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. Evening came, and then morning, the sixth day. Skip down to chapter 2, verse 7. It says, then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. Verse 8, the Lord God planted a, a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man that he had formed. And the Lord God caused to grow out of the ground every tree pleasing in appearance and good for food, including the tree of life in the middle of the garden, as well as the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Skip over to verse 15. The Lord God took the man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for on the day you eat from it, you will certainly die. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper as his complement. So the Lord God formed out of the ground every wild animal and every bird of the sky and brought each to the man to see what he would call it. And whatever the man called the living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the sky, to every wild animal. But for the man, no helper was found as his complement. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to come over the man, and he slept. God took one of his ribs and closed the flesh at at that place. Then the Lord God made the rib he had taken from the man into a woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, this one at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman, for she was taken from man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife, and they become one flesh. Both the man and his wife were naked, yet felt no shame. So we see there the Lord God made Adam in his own image. He said, let us make them in our, in our likeness. They shall be like us. But there's not really a, a clear definition of, of exactly what that means. So how do we think about what it means to be made in God's, in God's image? And I think think from those two passages we can come up with two very general, broad statements of what it means to be made in God's image. The first thing is it means to be like him. To be made in God's image is to be like him. We are are like him. We are like God. We are created in his image. We are created in his likeness. We are like like God. And then the second thing it means to be made in God's image, I think, um, if you're taking notes, skip down to the next italic part there. Uh, the second thing it means to be made in God's image is that we represent God. We are like God, and we represent God. We're like God, and we represent God. But what does it mean to be like him, and what does it mean to, to represent him? Um, we could have a big discussion and come up with lots of different ways that we represent God. We could have a big discussion, come up with lots of different ways that, that we're like God, um, but I want to offer just a, just a few, okay? Um, first of all, how, how is it that we're like God? Well, number one, we're spiritual. Number one, we're spiritual. We have, we have a soul, we have a spirit, and as far as we know, from the best that we can tell from what Scripture says, the rest of creation does not have that. We have a spirit, we have a spirit. We have a soul. John chapter 4 there, you see on the on your page, John chapter 4, this is where the woman at the, at the well and Jesus is talking to her and she is trying to distract from what he wants to talk about, which is her, her life, and she says, where should we worship? Remember what God says? What Jesus says? He says, God is spirit, right? And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So First of all, we're, we're spiritual. Secondly, uh, we have reason and rationality. We have reason and rationality god is a is a rational god he's a he 's a reasoning god he 's a, he's a thinking god and, and we 're able to do that as well differently than the animals are differently than the animals are okay now I said before that 's kind of dangerous to say that right but what I meant was it 's dangerous if you say that 's the only thing it means to be made in god 's image if god 's image is the reasoning function then that that 's dangerous because what about people who who are limited in that area. right? But if, if what it means to be made in God's image is that we're like him, and this is one of the ways, generally speaking, that we're like him. It's not the only way that we're like him, but it's one of the ways that we're like him. Um, thirdly, we are emotional. We have emotions, right? And we don't want uh, to ascribe that to God in a, in a negative way necessarily. Sometimes we think about emotions negatively, but the Bible describes God as expressing emotions as well. Right? The Bible talks about God loving. The Bible talks about God uh, being angry. The Bible talks about God being upset. Right, And, and there are they're emotions that, that, that God expresses that, that we also express. And then fourthly, another way that we're like God is that we are creative. God created us to work. God created Adam and Eve, and he put Adam in the garden and told him to subdue it and have dominion over it and, and work it. And, and that, that's, a, that's a creative act. So God is our creator and and we're like him. One of the ways that we're like him is that we also are creative. There's other things we could come up with. I'm sure you all are probably thinking of things right now that I didn't uh, come up with or write down and, and that's okay. There's lots of different ways that we're like God but the first thing it means to be made in God's image is that we're like him. We're like him. And then the second thing it means to be made in God's image is that we represent God. We represent him. And so how do we do that? Well firstly we're to rule. God tells Adam and Eve to to reign over creation, to have dominion over the garden where he puts them, to rule over the rest of, of creation. right? And we can think of that as a, as a kind of a harsh thing, but we shouldn't think of it as a harsh thing. We should think of it as the way that God rules over his creation, us. He, he gave them to rule over it in the sense that they have authority over it and they have concerns for it and they're to care for it. They're responsible for it. right? And, and, and that's us as well as their descendants. So we're to rule. Uh, secondly, we are to create. Again, we're creative, but we are to create. And again, working is part of that. In Genesis 1:31, he puts Adam in the garden and tells him to maintain its goodness, to maintain the goodness of the garden, to, to keep it. Um, and and then we see people building cities and building societies and, and and things like that as well. We are we are creative people, and we are to be creative people. That that's one of the ways that we represent God on on earth. And then thirdly, number three, we are to judge. We are to judge. And here's what I mean by that. We are to, to make choices, right? We, we're created as, as, as moral people, different than the rest of creation is. The rest of creation doesn't really judge. They just do what comes natural, right? They follow their instinct, instincts. We're to make decisions and we're to, to weigh out whether this is a good decision or this is a good decision or this is a better decision or this is a best decision. Right, we have a moral capacity, a judging capacity, where we take different options and and we're able to think them through—not just cognitively, not just intellectually—but we're also capable of thinking them through morally. And so, one of the things that means is that we're responsible for things that we do. Right? If a, if an animal kills another animal, well, they're not punished for that, right? But if a human kills another animal, it depends on the context of why that happened. If it's if it's just someone being uh, just an act of cruelty and, and that kind of thing. There, there, are, is punishment for that, right? If an animal kills a person, they're not punished for it, right? If a human kills a person, there's punishment that goes along with that in, in in those contexts. So, so we're to judge. We're we're created with a with a moral aspect to our nature, and so what does it mean to be made in God's image? It means that we're like Him in in many different ways. It means that we represent Him in several different ways. Okay. When we come back next week, we're going to talk a lot about um, how does sin affect that. Or do we still represent God if we're if we're fallen and simple, right? God says to, to god is, is is a perfect love. And so if we love imperfectly, is that still representing him in some way? Is that still image uh, is that still bearing his image in some way? or does sin take that away completely? We'll talk about that um, next week. Um, and I, I want to leave time for some questions. We have a few minutes left. I want to leave time for, for questions tonight. But I do want to go ahead and think through some, some implications of what this means. And so I've got, I've got four things listed on your sheet there. If what it means to be made in God's image is that we're like Him and that we represent Him, then what are some implications for that? Well, first of all, people are created in God's image. right? And you may say, well, that's not an implication. That's what, I, that's what the whole thing's about, Right? But, but that is also an implication. We are created in God's image. That means that we are not our own boss. It means that God is the one who is in control. It means that we are dependent on God. It means that we don't get to decide what our purpose in life is. God has created us with a certain purpose. We, we seek different ways to fulfill that purpose, but we don't get to decide what our purpose is. God has created us in, in certain ways, and we don't get to decide the way that we want to be created. Right? God's made us in certain ways, and, and that's, that's his prerogative. He can, he can do that. And so one implication is that, that we are created people. We're created in his image. A second implication is that, that all people are created in God's image. All people are created in God's image. It doesn't matter um, how small they are, how big they are, how smart they are, how pretty they are, um, how ugly they are. It doesn't matter, right? All people are made in God's image. All people are, uh, are created in his image. And so, every single person on on Earth has a special significance because of that. And we should uh, we should we should create we should treat them um, we should treat them that way. That's coming up. Um, number three, the image of, of God affects every aspect of life. It, it affects who we are, and it also affects what we do. Right? We are are created in His image, and we are created to represent him. It's who we are and it's what we do. And so being made in God's image has, has effects on every aspect of our life. Um, how we act, how we think, how we live, how we treat one another, how we treat the rest of creation. That's actually number four. This, this knowledge should affect how we relate to one another. Knowing that, knowing that I'm created in God's image and that means that I'm to represent God on earth and I'm to, uh, to bear his image on earth and also knowing that you're created in God's image, and you're created for those two purposes as well, that should affect the way that I interact with you. It should affect the way that I treat you. It should affect the way that I think about you. It should affect the way that I feel about you. Right, and it it should affect the way that you think and feel and and treat me. Um, And not not just other people, but also the rest of creation. If we're created to be God's image and we're created to be like him and to represent him, then that has an effect on how we not only treat one another, but also how we retreat treat the rest of creation as well. And, and we're going to get into a lot of these, a lot of these topics um, coming up here in a few weeks when we talk about the implications for our culture, for our society. But uh, I want to stop there today, but I, I, I want to again reiterate, what does it mean to be made in God's image? Well, There's a very, very broad question. Two general answers, two general aspects to it is we're made to be like him and we're made to represent him. And we can look at all kinds of different ways that that plays out in our lives, but those are the two key things it means to be made in God's image. We're like him, and we represent him. Okay? Does anybody have any questions that you want to ask tonight? Or other thoughts of, of what it means to be made in God's image that I didn't bring up? Are you all ready to go eat cake? Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a big question. How much is the image of God in us changed due to sin? Um, and that's, that's, what we're, that's what we're going to spend all next week talking about. The whole, the whole Sunday night service next week is going to be how does sin affect us being created in God's image. But tonight I'll say that the image, so, so the fall is, has catastrophic effects on all parts of creation, right? In, including humanity. Um, and so it, it distorts the image of God but it doesn't destroy the image of God. We're still made in God's image. All people are still created in God's image, but, but that image is distorted. That image is messed up. right? If you've ever been like in, a, in a fun house um, where you go through and they've got the mirrors and you come around the corner and one mirror makes you look really tall and, and, and thin and the next mirror makes you look really short and wide, right? and, and so that's still you, but it's a distorted image of you right? If we think about even just what an image is, an image is a, a likeness of, of some person or something. I'm supposed to look at this image, and it's supposed to, to be a representation of you. I'm supposed to be able to tell who it is and what it is based on how, how good the image is, right? And so we come around, and there's one of those mirrors there. Well, I can still tell that that's me, but it doesn't really look exactly like me. It's a distorted image. It's a messed up image, right? And, and so that's kind of how sin, uh, just kind of real, real simply put, that's how sin affects The image of God and we'll look in detail about how that how that works next week and more but it's still there we're still made in God's image um, but that image is is distorted so God is a God of love right and so we still love people but the way that we love is messed up the way we love is not perfect the way we love is not is not the way that God loves right and we could go have all kinds of different examples of that as well No, good question. There, there's a couple a couple good things there. So so look back at that in chapter one. He says um, even back in twenty back in twenty six. He says uh, then then God said let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. And then he says, they will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, of the sky, the livestock of the earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So we can say, why does he say, let, let us make God, let us make God in our image? And we can also ask, why does he say they will rule the fish of the sea? Right? And he maybe talk about the about, you know, he's gonna make plural men more than one, but I think I think there's a reference there to male and female, which is how we get, you know, a multitude of 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 people. Um, but so what does it mean when he says, let us make man in our image? Um, I think that that's a reference to the Trinity. I do, I think it's an early on reference to the Trinity. Um, where, um, because we're not, I mean, who else could God be talking to? He's not talking to the angels because we're not made in the image of angels, right? Um, and, and so I think it's a reference to uh, to the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Even this morning when uh, Josh's sermon in Philippians 2, uh, there was a reference there, or maybe maybe it was in the Colossians passage that, that you read, there's a reference there to Jesus being the agent of creation, right? It was Creation was made through him. We know that God the Father was there acting, but we also know that Jesus was there acting, and we also know the Holy Spirit was there um, acting. It says that he's hovering over, over the, the chaos there at the very beginning. And so we know that they're all, you know, God is active in creation, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and so I think that's a reference to, to the Trinity. There's, and this is Maybe a little bit more technical than what you want, but even, even within the Hebrew language, there's a reference to that because the the word for God in Hebrew is Elohim, which is a plural word, right? The I am ending at the end, you know, like in English, the the way you make a word plural is you put the s on the end of it, right? In Hebrew, the way that you make a Hebrew has masculine and feminine nouns, but the way that you make a masculine noun plural in Hebrew is you add the I am ending to it. So the name of the the word for God is Elohim, which is plural. But when you're reading through the Old Testament in Hebrew, anytime that God is the subject of a, of a verb, it's a singular verb. And so it would be kind of like saying um, it would be kind of like saying, uh, the rocks hits. right? If you say like a rock hit hit your car or you're driving on the road and a rock comes off the cliff and hits your car, it would be saying the rocks hits. That's wrong. You say the rocks hit or the rock hits, right? Because it's Subject-verb agreement, but in Hebrew it's not that way. It's that God is plural, and, and yet it takes a singular singular verb. So we don't want to make too much of that, but there is, I think, a little hint there that there's a, a um, plurality in God and at the same time a singleness in God. There's one God who exists in three, three persons. Yeah. Anything else? We've got a few minutes left. All right, well, if not, then let's, uh, let's pray. Hope you all come back next week to talk about sin and how sin affects the image, and then the week after that, how, how that's restored in, in Christ and through Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we are, are thankful to you tonight that you are our God, that you are our creator. God, we're thankful that you um, chose to create. You didn't have to do that. You were perfectly content, fellowshipping with, within, within yourself. And, and yet the, your, your glory, your love, your grace kind of overflowed into, into creation. And Father, we thank you for that. God, I pray that as we look to the, the, the night skies, as, as Psalm 8 says, as we look to creation and see the, the, the majesty of the things that, that you've created, Father, I pray that that would humble us, give us a rightful humility, that, that, that we are not in control of anything especially of our own lives and yet got to also pray that we would take comfort and and take um pleasure and in in knowing that that the bible says that yes we're a small part of creation and and yet we're not an insignificant part of creation you have created us in in your own image and father we thank you for that god we pray that you would help us to be good image bearers to be good representatives of you uh, on earth To one another. God, I pray that as I look to my fellow church members and as they look to me, that we would see you in one another. We would remind one another of of you. We would treat one another the way that, that you have treated us and commanded us to treat one another. And yet, God, if we just try to do that as hard as we can, we might end up in despair knowing that we are not able to perfectly be what you've called us to be. And so, Father, we thank you that while you created us in your image, you yourself took on our image and became a man, that we might trust in him, uh, that he has lived the perfect life for us, that he has been the perfect image of God for us. He's represented you uh, perfectly on earth. And Father, I pray that we're trusting in him, hoping in him, um, seeking for, longing for the day when he returns and, and restores creation completely to what you had in mind at the very beginning. God, we thank you for Jesus. We pray these things in his name. Amen.